Hi, everyone. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Fluid Fan Podcast. I am Angela Ruggiero, the CEO and co-founder of Sports Innovation Lab. We are a market research and strategy company focused on the intersection of sports and tech. We help the industry better understand the fluid fan and specifically how technology is changing fan behavior. So for the last four years, we've been collecting data, supporting the industry, defining what the future of sports looks like. We are here as an advisory firm uh, to support the entire ecosystem. So excited that you're listening to this podcast and uh, learning more about what we're up to. So if you want to learn more, always say go to our website, sportsilab.com or our latest initiative, the latest and greatest, thefanproject.co. It's all about business case for women's sports. That report's going to drop next month. So if you don't know what it is, you got to. Thefanproject.co, check it out. All right. My guest today is someone that is uh, definitely making waves. Jerome Pickett, the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Sports and Entertainment at Clear. If you haven't heard of Clear, if you haven't used Clear, it's a really cool technology. I've been using it for years to get in and out of Boston Logan Airport to fly around the world. Makes my life easier. They've been in sports, uh, but they're making a really, really hard push recently with COVID and the importance to really understand uh, those biometric identifiers. Uh, so Jerome today has a, a, a really great background. He's going to not just talk about clear, but he worked for the secret service. Haven't had someone like that on this podcast. Uh, he's been on the NBA front office side and now obviously overseeing clears uh, movement into the sports industry, their partnerships, everything from biometric concessions, the facial ticketing, uh, he'll talk about Clear's technology and helping to create a safer return to sport and uh, for the venue operators themselves. So definitely an interesting technology, a really interesting person. So let's kick it off with Jerome Pickett of Clear on today's Fluid Fan Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to this very special edition of the Fluid Fan Podcast. As you heard, we have Jerome Pickett, the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Sports and Entertainment at Clear. Jerome, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is a huge honor for me to be here. Big fan of Sports Innovation Lab and, of course, you, of course. So really Very excited kind. to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation. You are. You have such a cool background. You're a great person. I mean, you got this thing going on. I just I want the whole industry just to hear who you are, how you got to, and, and you know we'll we'll dive into to clear obviously the the focus of today's show. But U.S. Secret Service, there aren't a lot of people. <laughs> I'll count one <laughs> that I've met that are in this space that have such a badass background as you. So Jerome, tell us again before we dive into the MBA or or what you're doing now with Clear. What was that like? What did you do? Tell us more, because none of us in this sector probably ever worked in that space. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's an interesting story because it didn't really start off that I was looking to be a, a special agent in law enforcement. I actually went to college as a pre-med biology major. I thought I was going to be an anesthesiologist until I faced organic chem in college. And I got a little bit, a little punch in the face, had to kind of rethink about my career. And ultimately, I actually ended up um, just because I cold called the U.S. Secret Service office in Manhattan, they were at the time located at 7 World Trade Center. So this is 1997. 
I called the office there, asked for an internship. I had transitioned to a criminal justice degree from the pre-med biology um, course of study that I was taking at Marist College and uh, decided to try the internship with the Secret Service. And I, I, it was a great experience. I interned the fall of my senior year. Um, they invited me back again for an internship this spring to two semesters in a row. And then I had a job waiting for me as a field office dispatcher in the New York field office. So just about as entry level as you become. Um, I was 21 years old with a job waiting for me, graduating Marist College. And within 11 months of starting the dispatcher role at the New York field office, I was hired as an agent. So 22 years old, probably one of the youngest agents in the history of the Secret Service. On average, you know, a new agent is hired somewhere between the ages of 26 and 28. So I started my career very young. Um, I started my career in electronic crimes. So I spent, you know, several years um, investigating abuses of technology, whether it was identity theft on the internet, it was electronic surreptitious interception devices or, or corporate espionage, credit card theft, and a, and, a, and a number of other things that were being done in electronic means. And at the time, you know, electronic crimes was a growing crime. It, it wasn't sort of like the sexy thing that Secret Service agents did from investigations, which was counterfeit and credit card, your sort of on the street investigations. But I started my career in cyber over the 17 years in the Secret Service. I spent eight years in the abuses of technology and electronic crimes. I was a computer forensic examiner and I ran a, a, the program for the Washington field office. I also was part of what was what is on the presidential protective detail called critical systems protection. So this is um, where a physical advance looking for threats is conducted for everywhere the president goes. We also do it, or the Secret Service also does this through networked infrastructure components or critical infrastructure. So I was part of that group. The other eight and a half years of my Secret Service career was on the presidential protective details, both for George W. Bush and Barack Obama. I served five years on the counter assault team which is the tactical team that, you know, diverts an attack to the president. We, yes. we, we have the attackers attack us to give the president time to uh, leave. And I also drove the presidential limos for uh, 14 months. So it was an amazing career with the U.S. Secret Service, traveled the globe. I stopped counting at 100 countries, traveled, um, protection of people, places, and things. That's where I spent my time at the Secret Service. That's really cool. Like. <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Sorry. I'm just, you know, kind of fangirling over here because again, you're an agent, you understand that background. So interesting again, is then you move your way into sports, right. have that background and insights into, we always say, you know, for the sports industry to think outside of your own ecosystem, to see what trends are happening and, you know, bring the best practices obviously into sports. You're, you're coming from an outside in approach, moving then on to the MBA, you were an SVP and chief security officer. Tell me what that transition was like, again, and what your learnings were, um, and maybe just some high-level themes that that you brought to the sports industry when you made your way into it. So that transition from federal government to the private sector, and many agents you know, that are looking to do this transition, it truly is that. Um, private sector is distinctly different in deliverables, distinctly different in how you show up at the executive level. So when I was hired at the NBA, this was in 2014, NBA had a new commissioner, Adam Silver. I was Commissioner Silver's second executive hire behind 
the head of human resources, who was Eric Hutcherson. And when I was hired at the MBA, my charge was to create a best-in-class global security um, department and to look at everything with a fresh, rosy lens. So, you know, I spent the first 18 months at the National Basketball Association, partly doing what I called my listening tour. This was just traveling through all of our venues, meeting with our teams, and just understanding sort of areas of opportunity that I could focus on in, in building out NBA security. I also wanted to understand pain points in areas that we can improve just, just because it needs to be a full collaborative relationship. Um, and in that process, what I brought to the table was technology and innovation. What I wanted to do was find ways to reduce operational burden across all of our venues, enhance the, diff- the, the types of security that was deployed, also provide for our fans a repeatable and quality assured security deployment. So across the NBA, you know, there's now five leagues. There's the National Basketball Association, which is the men's league everyone's aware of. There's the the, the WNBA, the Women's National Basketball Association. There's also the G League, which is the minor league. We have the 2K League, which is the gaming league. And now launching is the is the Basketball Africa League, which is a league across Africa. So more than 85 venues, the leagues have different sort of levels of security protocols. My job at the NBA was to create those protocols and, and make them deployable and customizable across each of the leagues. It was also to create and nurture the relationships with each of the teams and clubs because um, each team has their own security infrastructure. I played a big role in helping them sort of level up their security organization help them sort of create a more comprehensive security organization to deploy to protect their staff, their players, and their venue and the whole organization. And I brought technology to the table to do that. So what was different in government than there was in the NBA is we moved at the speed of light. We, there was very little bureaucracy when it came to a new initiative, when it came to creating policies and procedures. I had full autonomy to do all of that. So Creating the partnership across all the the teams, arenas, across the general managers, team presidents, and even owners, that was critical in being able to deploy effective security that they all bought into, and also to be able to pivot at these key moments, like in 2015, when we we were sort of at the height of global terrorism with the Stadia de France attack, the Bataclan, being able to sort of turn a switch and be able to, to change the posture of security across the whole league, in order to do it in an effective, fast way, there had to be buy-in and that buy-in had to be earned through collaboration across. So it it was just, it was a great experience. I spent six years at the NBA as a chief security officer. I started off as a senior vice president. I think I'm the only CSO at the NBA that was Mm -hmm. promoted to the executive vice president level. So I'm really proud of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm really proud of the team that we built um, we, we went from a team of 13 to 39. We built different verticals. We ha- the NBA has, you know, 16 international offices. So creating a global security mm-hmm. footprint, first global security operations center in sports, and a number of other things. Mm-hmm. A lot of the technology that we, that we deployed at the league office and across was cutting edge. Mm. So um, just to build off of that before we dive into clear, you know, people point to the MBA quite often, and you know, as you mentioned, the whole portfolio as being 
very innovative and forward thinking. Uh, we published a report, the top 25 most innovative teams sports report. No surprise, NBA had the most amount of teams. We had actually more out of the 25 international football clubs, which was surprising. Uh, if you think about, again, some people thought, oh, it might be more North American, but our analysis said otherwise. I'm curious about just like security. Cause I, when I was on the board of the um, IOC, the executive board, you know, we had a big cyber attack just before the opening ceremonies in, in Pyeongchang in 2018. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm serving on all these international boards today. What's your temperament in terms of you know, you guys are best practices, but like, what's the temperament in sports for really understanding this, for really investing in this, for really like getting your arms wrapped around it? And again, we're, this is a fan podcast. It's the consumer, but you need to protect the consumer. You need to protect your, your property, if you will. What's the global temperament? Again, just now that you're out of the property side in some regards, like what's your, what's the temperature check? Should we be shocked what would your advice be i guess to the the rest of the properties listening in terms of security well so i i think what i enjoyed the most in the role at the nba was the across the board collaboration mm-hmm. amongst my counterparts in the different leagues whether it was kathy lanier at the nfl or dave thomas at major league baseball dennis cunningham at national hockey league and who's just retiring by the way so you know a very storied career for uh, Dennis Cunningham and also, you know, Jeff Stonebreaker, Major League Soccer. We, across the different whole spectrum of what would be considered sports leagues to include NASCAR, running and all these other leagues, we were very tightly knit. We met regularly. We collaborated regularly. We, We leveraged each other to create better processes, not only for our only, our own leagues, Mm-hmm. But we also wanted to have a uniform feel. And that wasn't just domestic, you know, with, with organizations like UFC, WWE, and others that are, that are deploying events internationally. And we are all using similar venues, whether it be in China, whether it be in London, Africa, or other areas. We all worked very collaboratively together yep. in, in our own deployments and each other's. So as far as like the global footprint of security, at least what was really exciting for me was the openness. There was no competition. We all supported each other in everything that we did. We challenged each other. We shared our, our organizational plans and what we had planned on deploying. We even all took different bits and pieces of the pie, whether it be drone mitigation in the NFL and Major League Baseball took the lead there, or it could have been facial recognition technology, which the NBA played a lot in. It could be credentialing and Major League Baseball took a a spot there. We all really took bits and pieces of how we would deploy globally because it's one team, one fight. So what was was really cool in this whole environment, and I think what's also helps me now in my role at Clear is that since we all work so closely together across everything we did, it wasn't just NBA focused, it was sports industry focus mm-hmm. is that, you know, being able to reach across to any venue, to a venue owner, even if they, they weren't sort of one of our teams, like in the NBA, not all teams own their venue. There are, there are sort of like a spider web of relationships, whether a venue is owned by a city, whether it's managed by a group like a, an AEG or an Oakview or, or an SMG, it, it could be many different flavors. But the common thread across the whole thing was collaboration and sharing of best practices. So I'm actually happy to say 
that you know the posture of global security is actually pretty pretty impressive. That's good to hear. You sound like a team sport athlete, so uh, I'll give you props there as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One team, oh, one fight. There you go. So le- leaning into Clear, then I've been super bullish, just for the record, on Clear for many many years now. Love using the product at, at airports because again, it's very convenient. And we've been writing about Clear really through the lens of the fan and and the convenience aspect and the fact that you know pre COVID. Hey, you want to get in before, you know, the ingress and the egress and maybe your, your, your credit card is attached. So you can go buy a beer more seamlessly. I mean, but COVID's really flipped clear in some ways and, and made it not just a nice to have, but a must have. Can you walk for, for our listeners that don't know clear, give us the pitch on what the company is. And again, I think it'll, it'll tie together nicely with, uh, with your security background and and where you're headed. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Let me start first with what is Clear. You know, Clear is a secure biometric identity company. So at its core, just think of a biometric lockbox. So in this lockbox, Jerome, who is me, I can keep all of the things that create my identity. This is definitively Jerome because Jerome has enrolled a government document that that is checked against me as I enroll. So I'm definitively Jerome. Um, Because I've enrolled a government document, you know how old I am. So Jerome is over 21. This is Jerome's credit card that I can offer into the system to make frictionless payments with with the selfie. This is Jerome's insurance card and my my flexible spending account. So if I go to a doctor's office and I want to be able to frictionlessly enroll or check in, all I have to do is a selfie and it passes all this information. So what Clear does is Clear is a proxy and we we attest on, on the member's behalf to all of the things that make up their identity. So, and, and in this moment, you know, before I joined Clear the last year, a global pandemic, you know, security groups and risk managers have been planning for this for years and years and years, and here it is, COVID. And while at the NBA, you know, focused on COVID over this last year, pausing the league in, in March, restarting the league in late June in the bubble in, in Orlando, there was a, Clear made a pivot to create a process leveraging secure identity and biometrics called HealthPass. And HealthPass, it's a free opt-in mobile experience on the Clear app. It securely connects a user's verified identity to multiple layers of COVID-19 related health information, and it helps people get back to what they love. So what we do is we work directly with our partners to tailor a solution that works for them and helps keep their fans, employees, and their community safe. So Health Pass, what it can do is it, it includes a combination of health surveys, integrated temperature checks if, if that's opted into, test linking, and soon vaccination results. And this is all you know in the free Clear app for the member. So what we do is, you know, what we're doing in this moment is helping fans get back to the game. We're helping venues manage entry requirements. We're helping venues also achieve higher capacities because of the level of fidelity that we have and being able to verify that this is Jerome. This is Jerome. Jerome has had a negative COVID test in the last two days. We've verified that. Or this is Jerome and this is his vaccination record. And we can do it all on a mobile app in a health pass. So we're, we're removing operational burden from a venue and we're providing verified results to be able to help people get back to what they love. I believe you're in 50 plus airports, stadiums, other venues across the U.S. with the with the health pass. Um, 
What's the, uh, I'm assuming business has been really, really good. You've just raised, I believe, $100 million. Um, you're growing quickly. What's the appetite in the market? I, I for one, you know, am hesitant about entering venues. Uh, I'll be fully vaccinated in probably another week or two. And even at that point, like when I'm in a crowd, I was at a restaurant the other night, you know, six feet apart. And I'm still like, whoa, it's weird to see people. What's What's the appetite to come back? I know you're helping the venues, but uh, maybe you can just give us a sense of the market, both um, from a partnership perspective, but also what you're hearing in terms of their their customers, their fans. Yeah, so great question. You know, and, and we've been tracking fan studies. We're working with a number of partners just in sports. We, we are now close to 60 partners just in mm-hmm. sports. So we have been adding partners and growing partners at a very good rate, both you know, your traditional indoor sports leagues like NBA, NHL, outdoor leagues like NFL, Major League Soccer, and Major League Baseball, but also golf, a lot of outdoor festivals and concerts. We have Broadway that's going to be returning. So, you know, what I manage at Clear is your full spectrum of sports, entertainment, live events, conventions, return to meetings at large cities as well as collegiate sports, you know, the deployment across colleges, universities. And what we have seen is that health as an insight is something that will be around for some time. It might not necessarily be what we have seen in in having on-site testing and having to manage against whether it be, you know, a 48-hour PCR or eight, six-hour antigen, you know, the, the sort of hard mechanical aspects of managing a COVID test. But also, you know, as we are expanding vaccine and, and the number of people and places that are getting vaccinated, we're seeing capacity limits increase, we're seeing distancing decrease, and we're seeing that fans want and need to, to know that they're going to a venue that has requirements that, not, that they had to fulfill, but they also know that mm-hmm. others had to fulfill to create that safe environment. Mm-hmm. So what, what we're what overwhelmingly what we're seeing is that fans are demanding and, and, and want to have that safe. They want to see the cleaning. You know, what used to be a back of house operation with, with cleaning up there, like they want to see that spaces are clean. They want to see that that they have space around them. They actually want to see masks, particularly indoors, you know. And you know, what we are able to do for our partners is help them create you know, in a, in a quick mobile way, um, you know, the ability to be able to manage whatever yeah. requirements and the requirements are so different state by state. Yeah. Um, some that have, have sort of no requirements at all. There are states that have requirements for temperature testing and symptom survey. And it's interesting, you know, um, I, I have dinner reservations tomorrow night in Manhattan and I just received a text from the restaurant that said, you know, we need to have your home address. Please give us your home address for this dinner res- reservation. And it's just, you know, health is an insight because of whether it's contact tracing, whether it is entry requirements is something that will be around for a while. You know, but what we've been able to do is make this process, remove friction from this process, do it in a way that allows a person to control whatever it is that they're sharing when they share it and only when they share it. And, you know, Clear is built on a history of privacy and protecting customer data. You sound like uh, we talk a lot about quantified athlete. Right. Uh, The the, the health, the insights, the the quantified self is such a big piece. Um, Athletes are 
want to choose what pieces to unlock? Do we share it with their trainer, the coach, their agent? I mean, this is now for the masses. Um, maybe you can dive into one of the partnerships that you've struck. I know in, in you work with all the major North, uh, North American teams, but big success is uh, Golden State Warriors. I know they've been using Clear for a while and uh, they're, they're one of the most innovative teams out there. Can you maybe walk us through again an example of like a Warriors? What do they do with you from a partnership perspective, both from this frictionless fan experience to also the safety and, and or if there's another partner that, that you want to use as a representative example of, of really what the team's doing with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll give you two partner examples. The first, the Warriors, who is just an amazing organization. So under state and local public health rules, every person entering the Chase Center must produce either uh, proof of full vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test that was administered within 48 hours prior to the game. So we worked with the Warriors to tailor a health pass solution that fit their needs and their entry requirements. So fans who purchase their tickets more than seven days in advance of a home game will be eligible to receive at no cost to the fan an at-home Lucera Health COVID-19 test to be administered within 14 hours of the game. So fans will enroll, they can enroll into the Clear Health Pass if they're not already enrolled, where they can do a one-time linking of their results to Lucera. So once, once uh, a fan takes this Lucera test and they've been linked, the results are instantly within the Clear platform. So now all the fan does at this point is they, they you know, before they go to the game, they take their health survey and that generates their health pass. While they're taking their health survey, Clear is, is pulling and looking and answering the question, does, does Jerome have a negative COVID test within the 48 hours? The answer is yes, and you get a green health pass. And the fan shows that health pass when they get to the arena. So op, the optimal scenario is here is, is you know, the fan takes this Lucera test within 48 hours of the game. Yeah. Morning of the game, they take, they, they start their health pass, they arrive at the game, they show it as they walk in and everything is complete. That's the example with the Golden State Warriors. I'll give one other example, which is a deployment that we just recently did, which was with UFC. So UFC just held um, UFC 261, and this was at ViStar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. So ticket holders used Clear Health Pass to connect their identity to a securely linked COVID questionnaire. Uh, so UFC wanted all of their ticket holders to complete this questionnaire in advance of arriving at the arena. This survey was meant to have a seamless enter entrance when they got to the arena. So again, you, you get to green, you arrive to the arena with a green health pass. There was also a, a waiver that was part of this workflow, this, this user flow that UFC wanted um, each of the, the fans that attended the event to understand the rules around risk and other things. And so if there was a ticket holder that didn't want to use the Clear platform, there was a, a sort of a more manual process that was available. They would go to a designated area. It, it would then be more of a manual way to go through the questionnaire and then gain entry. Now, if there was a, per, if there was a fan using the Clear Health Pass, if they were red, red means that you did not fulfill all of the entry requirements, that red then allows UFC to make a determination based on why it's red, whether they'll allow the person in. And if for whatever reason, the person can't come into the game because they are 
you know, deemed to not be safe to enter, then there's a refund that's that's uh, available to them. So what what you know, in both of these scenarios, one scenario with the Golden State Warriors, where they have a pretty comprehensive COVID testing um, and vaccine requirement, or with UFC, where it was a, a survey that Clear managed and linked that survey to a verified identity. Both of these these are things that Clear can do uh, to remove friction in entry. That's awesome. And and by the way, uh, UFC, I believe, was the first event with full attendance, over 15,000 people since COVID. Obviously a great knockout card. Lawrence Epstein, who you know from our leadership board, the CEO over there, uh, did a great job. So I love that partnership and call out because it's we're doing it. It's we're we're here. We're we're with the right approach and you know tracking, if you will, these events are happening. Tell me about a couple of technologies that almost put COVID aside for a second. We've been talking a lot about this frictionless fan experience. Again, fans increasingly want convenience. They want personalization. They want, you know, more time with each other and with the game than, you know, sitting in lines and, uh, and you know, waiting for things. So biometric concessions, which I hit on a little bit, and facial recognition ticketing, again, two way, two different technologies that we think are going to make their way into the smart venue. Can you talk about how those have been used in the venue and how uh, Clear is thinking through those opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. And as I mentioned earlier, that health as an insight is something that will stay around for a while. Mm-hmm. This fits into that bucket. So one of the, the you know, what, what COVID did was it forced a digital transformation upon us that venues were already planning for maybe over the next three or so years. So cashless everything touchless, everything, Mm -hmm. all of these things, bringing together the ability for a fan to navigate their whole time through a venue, through their mobile app, or without touching things, without handing things over are all things that teams and venues have been focused on. But what COVID has done is it's forced this transformation upon us now. And some of the things that fit within that is ticketing and entry, biometric entry. What we're moving into is in 2022, you're going to see probably the largest event demand that we've ever seen. Mm. You know, over the last 16 months of not really having events, this this pause that's caused from COVID, there's an overwhelming demand for concerts and festivals and and just just folks getting back to what they love. And coming up with technologies to help manage the ingress in a a healthy and, and frictionless and touchless way. One of those areas that that Clear is focused on is biometric entry, and in in a particular example here, touchless ticketing, fans would simply link their Clear account to their ticketing account before they enter the game, and upon ar- arriving, fans would just proceed to you know where Clear had Clear lanes, where they would t- you know where a quick photo on our kiosk would verify that this is Jerome and this is Jerome that's sitting in courtside seat, you know, double A two. And, you know, just from my face, it would tear the ticket and allow me into the, the game. Um, and this, again, would be, this is, this is frictionless entry. And this was, this was something that we were piloting right ahead of the pandemic with Los Angeles Football Club, um, with Christian Lau and his team. Other things around, around concessions is, you know, when you have what, what, what makes a person's identity, Jerome's identity, Jerome is a male, Jerome is over 21, Jerome has a credit card. So being able to, again, make a purchase at a concession stand, being able to do a grab-and-go beer, 
and just, you know, all within the same transaction without having to take out my wallet, take out a credit card, take out my ID to show proof of age, Clear has the ability to do this within the platform. So frictionless concession payments, whether you're, you know, you're buying a beer or a basketball jersey um, are all things that Clear can manage. And, you know, Clear has done these experiments, these pilots with City Field and Seattle's Lumen Field as well, mm-hmm. where um, we did biometric payment, grab and go, unmanned kiosks for beer. And, and so these are all things that with a secure identity, um, all of these, whatever experiences um, a team or a venue wants to provision, Clear can do that with a biometric identity. There's a whole runway of use cases that we can solve in sort of the near term as we think about sports betting, we think about, you know, in-venue betting, we think about credentialing, we think about a whole, a whole, there's a lot of different use cases where a validated identity and the different things that are attached to that clear can solve. Yeah, no, we, it's, uh, you know, the ability to pay with your face, pay with your finger. We've seen a lot of those examples, maybe in Asia where, you know, obviously less restrictions on personal data and privacy, but there's tons of use cases globally and they're, they're slowly making their way into North America, Europe, obviously different privacy laws, as you know, better than anyone across the globe. Um, but now sports, which is, you know, on this podcast, Fluid Fan podcast, we, we talk about in our research, as you know, as a leadership board member is all about that next generation fan that wants that convenience, that's willing to, you know, take some trade-offs for something in return. You know, we'll, right, you know, right. I, I want, I want something in return. I want to be able to attend that game. I know everyone is safe. I want to be able to, you know, buy beer. Oh, I left my wallet. It's cool. You know who I am and you have my number. Right. I don't right. want to waste time in line or else I'm just not showing up. I mean, a lot of, again, I think opportunities for you guys. So before we, we move on to four with four, which, you know, is my innovation section at the end of every podcast. Tell me about your CEO, Karen uh, Becker, who's on our women's leadership board. I love her again, friggin' visionary, someone that's, I'm sure, you know, just raised a boatload of money for you guys and is super smart when it comes to, again, looking outside and bringing, you know, having that vision for where, where clear could go and, and supporting it, obviously in the uh, the sports entertainment sector. So tell me about Karen real quickly and, and maybe the vision for clear and, and where you guys want to be in the next five to 10 years. Yeah. So Karen Seidman Becker, she is a force of nature and she is actually the reason that I decided to come to clear joining from the NBA, just, just seeing the, the, the growth of clear over the last several years and seeing the pivot around sort of the, the go to market and the thought to what clear is, you know, there are two things that really describe Clear and Karen, you know, sort of, uh, it, it, she really, you know, emphasizes these things. One is indefatigable, right? We just don't have the ability to tire. We're full throttle all the time. There's, there's never quit. There's never give up. And we really want to deliver amazing customer experience. We, we, we really focus on the customer and we're, we're, you know, fanatical about that fan and customer experience. The second thing is radical candor, right? We always, in order to, to create amazing fan experience, you have to get, you know, both good news and bad news. You have to understand what's going well, but you also have to understand what are the things that we need to fix and fix right now to be able to create amazing fan experience. So that's where we focus a lot of our time on, you know, whether it is um, we have staff deployed in, in support of an event that's deploying clear technology, we're always, you know, asking our 
partners and our customers how we're doing, you know, whether it is that ama the amazing experience that you get going through the airport and the countless stories that that you can sort of follow on on Twitter and Instagram on clear saved me because of being able to quickly get through that That's, airport. It's definitely experience. helped me. I've been, you know, I live in Boston. I hit traffic back in the day when I actually got on a plane. I will soon again, but I'm like, oh, I got clear. I'm running through. <laughs> yeah. But like the future of clear really is it's it's with at its core the things that you can do, the experiences that you can provision with a secure identity. And, you know, we have, uh, we're soon to roll out, you know, different SDKs and APIs that can integrate into any partner's environment to help power their ecosystem. So bringing that, that sort of biometric identity component to a team app, to a venue app, to a payment process or to anything, removing friction is what we want to do. And as we think across the different businesses, you know, the thought of most people think about Clear as the airport business, and that's where Clear began back in 2010. Mm -hmm. But really, Clear also has, you know, in my business, which is sports events, live entertainment, collegiate. You know, we are we are deployed across a a wide berth uh, within the entertainment area, healthcare, and going to your doctor's office, being able to use telehealth and provision that account and, and log in through Clear. Instead of using, you know, if a traveler is taking 17 flights a year and they're using Clear 17 times in a year, really where the vision of Clear is, is to be able to use Clear 17 times a day instead of 17 times a month, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you, you would be able to use the same platform across healthcare, across travel and hospitality. I'm going to go on a cruise or I'm checking into a hotel. I'm going to provision um, a car service like an Uber or Lyft. I want to make uh, a beer purchase somewhere. I'm going to a restaurant. I want to perhaps go to a theater. I can use the same platform in all of these different areas. And to never have to take out a wallet, never have to hand something over. Um, you are you. You know, you're your driver's license, you're your ID, you are everything. And that's really what Clear wants to do. That's awesome. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Again, uh, Jerome Pickett, SVP General Manager of Sports Entertainment at Clear. Amazing background. I can't wait for what's to come with your company. With all that background being said, Jerome, tell me what innovation means to you. So to me, innovation is just simply the ability to pivot, the ability to think through how can I make this better? How can I do this easier? How can I add more value? How can I remove operational burden? How can I solve problems? Like what are the challenges? That's what innovation is to me. It doesn't have to be technology. It could be process. It could be people. It can be a whole number, a whole host of things. But simply to me, innovation is the process of solving a complex problem with an easier method. Who's the most innovative person in our industry? Or you can, you've, I guess you've, you've sat outside our industry. So you get, you get a freebie. Who's someone that you look up to that you're like, man, they're, they really define innovation. It, you know, there are a number of people out there. And I, I want to say that because I can't list them all. One person I probably work most closely with that exudes innovation is Christian Lau. We mentioned Christian, he's at LAFC and Christian is just, everything he does is focused on innovation. So love thinking like, you know, just, just hearing him think through all of the different things, the different technologies that he wants to stitch together, how he wants to improve an experience. He's always interested in testing any and everything. Um, so that's, the, you know, that's one example, but there are many examples, you know, across different venues and different leagues. You have, you know, your Lee Zeidmans, you have 
folks like Brian Herbert at, at Chase Center and, and many others. So, you know, people that I really enjoy working with because they're interested in trying new things to solve problems versus only wanting to have a pristine off the shelf thing that they have to deploy. It's, it's just being able to, in, in my, when I wear my security hat, it's thinking about every security plan that's developed. We want to break that plan before we deploy that plan. That's what I think about innovation is this whole process of discovery and, and, and building something that solves a problem. And you'll have ups and downs and peaks and valleys along the way. But once you get to that finish line and deploy, you know, after going through a lot of testing and, and tweaking, it's that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of fast followers. I'm not going to lie in this space that kind of wait for someone else to try and test and they're like, all right, it's validated. I'll use it. But not as many like Christian out there that are, Hey, I'll try it. If it's going to, if it's going to be new and different and better ultimately for my fan, my customer, let's always remember this industry is built on the back of a fan. I love those kinds of uh, shout outs. Who's the most innovative company in sports tech? Who's the company besides clear? You have to, you know, you got you to gotta give someone else some love uh, that you, you really respect. You know, as far as companies, I, I actually would, would sort of like to talk about, you know, the experiences that I've had over the last several years. I mean, companies like Disney, of course, are innovative. You know, leagues like the NFL are always forward thinking and thinking about, you know, how to solve problems that are multidimensional um, in a lot of different ways. It could be tech. It could be process. And then, you know, companies like Microsoft, you know, I have some of my former colleagues that are focused on on the deployments across smart cities and and across, you know, sort of government and law enforcement and policing and just thinking through how did all these different types of um, technologies that can be deployed, you know, in, in my government time working with the Department of Homeland Security Science and Technology Group was always really fun and cool. And this, again, is another group that loves to kick the tires and test things that can be then applied in the private sector. Uh, so, you know, there, there, are, there are many different, you know, private sector as well as public se- sector companies and groups that, that do a really good job in innovating. All right. You, you mentioned a few leagues and I know you work all across them, uh, but you have to pick one. Could you league team federation, a property, a sports property that uh, that really, you know, hits the nail on the head? Well, you know, I came from the NBA all right, so and that's I fair. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, <fair. laughs> the thing that that, you know, the NBA is a very innovative league. The NBA is always kicking the tires and, and full throttle and, and ready to pivot in a second. Um, the NBA is always looking for different venues or teams that are leading the way in a certain thing, showcasing that team and then and getting behind an idea. So, you know, I am most familiar with the innovation within the NBA coming from the NBA, but I'm also very familiar with the innovation in many of the other leagues. Many of them I've already mentioned that in, in different ways lead areas. So I, the really fun thing about this industry is the openness to new things. And I think for the leagues that are, and there are some that, that, you know, they, they wait for the innovations and then they implement when they can, that's okay. But, you know, the really forward leaning leagues and, and the people that really push the envelope, I have to take my hat off to them because being able to share these best practices across, and this is where, again, it's not competitive when it, in many regards, when it comes to operational deployment, security deployment, and technology. There's 
I'm really encouraged by the amount of sharing that some of these most innovative partners are, are, are doing. All right, Jerome, you've been amazing. Thank you for your insights. Excited for what's to come with Clear. Excited we get to work together on the leadership board and just, uh, again, for for you paving the way. I think this is such a hot sector. It's it's We've been talking about it from fan engagement, but now this, as you mentioned, the digital transformation and the need to have your health and your whole biometric and everything connected. I mean, that's really where the industry is headed in general. So you guys are definitely in a good position, but thanks for the time today. Really, really appreciate your insights and sharing with our listeners on the Fluid Fan Podcast. Thank you. This was so fun. And Angela, I'm looking forward to working more deeply with you too. Big thanks to Jerome Pickett, my guest. Not often you get to talk to a secret service agent who works in sports and understands technology. Pretty cool combination. Really appreciate you giving us a look into your world and really for the help in bringing sports back. We all want to be have that community, uh, be back in venues, can look around and feel that sense of uh, togetherness. So Clear is definitely leading the way there. Crazy technology. So thanks for sharing what you do, Jerome. And big shout out to your CEO, who's done an unbelievable job. And uh, again, congrats to her and, and your team on the latest uh, funding round. 100 million, not, not, a bad, not a bad day for Clear. Thanks again to my producer, Jack Barlow, as well as the entire Sports Innovation Lab team. We're here to hopefully communicate technology and fandom and sports and behaviors and all the, the goodness around what we study each and every day. The world is changing very quickly, very rapidly. Fans are evolving. Uh, so I want to thank my producer, Jack, and my team for really the work that we do every day to help our clients and help you, our listeners. Last but not least, my listener, thanks for you tuning in, listening, being here. Uh, please subscribe, give us some love, send over, send over some, uh, some, some stars. I always like to see some, some rankings. I'm an athlete. I like to know how good or bad we're doing. Tell me who you want to hear from. Uh, you can hit us up again on at sports. iLab. go on LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, hit me up on my personal channels. I'm just my name at Angela Ruggiero. Uh, tell us who you want to hear from, uh, what you want to see, but until next time, I've really enjoyed this conversation and all of the conversations we have on the fluid fan podcast. Mm-hmm.